0: Hello, thank you for visiting the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, feel free to visit our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And now here is this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. All right, hey, if you want to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're doing a what was going to be a two-week mini-series on prayer, but I, I've already decided it's going to be longer than that. Uh, today's message is called "Daily Bread," and um, uh, this is really centered on uh, the Lord's Prayer, or maybe maybe a better type, a better title for that prayer would be the Disciples' Prayer. After all, this is the prayer that Jesus gave the disciples. Anybody here want to be a disciple? Well, this is this is like the prayer you got to pray. And it's not just the prayer you learn in, in a sweet, you know, grandmotherly sense, but this is this is this is the type and the model of praying that Jesus gives to men and women who want to live their lives and end up looking and doing looking like Jesus and doing the things that Jesus did. You want to do that? Here's how you do it. You start praying this prayer. And um, last week Ray Hollenbach kicked it off for us, and he did a really great job. I finally got around to listening to it in the hotel on Friday night. And if you missed that message, I highly recommend you going back and, and, uh, and listening to it. And I just want to tell you that Ray's riff, Ray's riff uh, last week on the first word of the Lord's Prayer was worth the price of admission. Do y'all remember that? What is, the, what is the first word of the, of the hour? Hour. Uh, If you just go back and listen to about Ray's eight minute riff on the word hour, I'm telling you it was worth the price of admission. Uh, And I would review what Ray had to say last week, but I I just don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Uh, What I want to do is I want to jump right in and I want to jump in and we're going to focus on one verse today. We're going to focus on verse 11, but I want to read more than verse 11. I want to start at verse 15. Verse 5 and read all the way to verse 13. Okay? This is what Jesus says. And he's looking at his disciples here. This is Sermon on the Mount. He's got his disciples and a bunch of other people sitting around. And by the way, when Jesus when Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount, do you all realize that it says at the beginning of it that Jesus sat down? You know that little part? Uh, this is interesting. Uh, for Jewish rabbis, when they were teaching their disciples, if they were standing and walking, then it's like they're riffing. Right? But when a Jewish rabbi or a teacher of the law or a Pharisee or a scribe or one of the Levites or the priest, when they sat down, sitting down was, now I'm teaching you with authority. Everything I have to say from this point on is authoritative. So the entire Sermon on the Mount is Jesus saying, listen, this stuff I'm telling you right now, this is the word of God. And no, and everyone who was there that day would have picked right up on this, Okay. So these are the very words of Jesus to us. And he says to this. He says this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray... Do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. They changed that on me. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want to look at one verse in particular today. I want to look at verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. Before we... Dig in on that one verse. I want to reemphasize one thing that Ray said last week in terms of context, which I think is really helpful when it comes to living a life of prayer. But it's actually bigger than just living a life of prayer. It's It's really about being a disciple. It's the thing that Jesus says over and over on the Sermon on the Mount. He says it three times specifically. And it's the bits about secrecy. He says, when you give and when you pray... Right. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast, do it what? Do it in secret. Do it in secret. Do these things in secret and your Father will reward you in the open. Now there's a lot here, but one of the things that Jesus seems to be getting at is the very real temptation that it's possible to begin prayer or to begin giving or to begin fasting with a pure motive and end up doing it for all the wrong reasons. And haven't you noticed this? Maybe we could be real honest here for a moment. But haven't you noticed that sometimes even our very pure spiritual motivations can sometimes get shipwrecked by the need to be seen and known? If you you haven't noticed that yet, then you will. And that's what Jesus is saying. That's why he says it three times. When you give, and when you pray, and when you fast... Do it in secret. See, here's the thing: most people want to be generous, and most people do want to pray, and most people want to fast. And when they do that, they're doing so because they want to love God. You know, you, you, you want to love God. You want to be somebody who's like Jesus. You want to be a disciple. Uh, most people are not setting out in the morning to be hypocrites. M- most most Christians are not waking up in the morning and going, "You know what? I'd like to do. I'd love to be a, a bigger hypocrite. I'd love to be someone that Jesus." Jesus is opposed to. But but then silently and really, really, really silently and really subtly, the need to be known and the need to be seen and the need to be thought of as spiritual, it, it seeps in and it's really dangerous. And it and it it actually it keeps you from being a true disciple of Jesus. It's it's a kind of poison to the soul, only it's administered really slowly. Really slowly. Eugene Peterson says this: he says, being seen quickly turns into needing to be seen. Have you ever noticed that? You know, you see it in kids all the time, right? A kid does something funny and everybody laughs, and and then, then what's on? Then that kid is like on. And then like a week or two into it, you're like, can somebody like remove this kid? Yeah. It's this really slow but dangerous poison in the soul. It's like drinking contaminated water only you only it's it's so slightly contaminated you don't really pick up on it it's 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 just it's just contaminated enough to be poisonous over the long haul but not in the immediate moment and you drink it and you drink it and the reason you drink it is cuz you need water and by the way by the way here our, our needs are running in a couple of interesting directions on the one hand on the one hand you do need water right it's essential and 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 on the one hand the truth is everybody in here does need affirmation like y- you want affirmation and the everybody in the room needs affirmation and wants it and actually deserves some affirmation so that's true you'll you'll never ever be able to totally kill your need to be affirmed and to be known uh, and then at this at the same time uh, the very same and similar way, everybody in here is a spiritual and I'm convinced everybody in here is a giving and a praying creature. So you need affirmation and at the same time you are a spiritual, you are a giving and you are a praying creature. Uh, it's, it's funny, n- no one has to tell someone else to pray. Like, y- you will eventually pray. The, the secret to being a disciple is becoming the kind of person who doesn't pray as the last resort but begins to pray at the beginning. So everybody prays as a last resort. Even atheists pray as a last resort. I was listening to NPR not long ago. Famous atheist was on there and freely admitted that he still prays. Isn't that interesting? Why? Because we're all spiritual giving and, and praying creatures. But the, the, the role of discipleship is to bring things like prayer out of a last resort and make it the first resort. So on the one hand, we are... Uh, creatures that need affirmation and we are praying, but then it's so easy to replace the seed of our affections away from God and onto outcomes or onto ourselves. It's the poison that's administered at the speed of unknowing. The need to be affirmed, the not doing things in secret, that's the poison that is administered at the speed of unknowing. And so that's why secrecy is so important in these things. Jesus says, when you pray, he assumes that you will pray. He says, go into your closet. Go into your room. It's important to have a time and a place to pray so that you can do it in secret. And what is secrecy all about? It's really about faith. That's what secrecy is about. Secrecy is one of those tangible, actual things you can do that says, you know what? My trust is not in... People seeing me and it working out. My trust is in an unseen Father. I'm going to go into the closet, and even before I pray, going into a closet is a prayer. Secrecy is itself a prayer, secrecy is itself giving, and secrecy is itself fasting. Uh, You can't just withhold food. You can't just give away money. And you can't just say something out of your mouth. The first step is always secrecy. Those things are the actual tangible realities that the things we do lean into. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's about faith. It's leaning into God. It's one of the very little but supremely powerful acts of faith. Uh, When you do things in secret, when I do things in secret, what we're saying is... I'm not the one who's working this stuff out. And I'm not the one who's figuring this out in my own strength and it's not my will. it's It really is cooperation with Jesus. It's, it's a way of learning to live for the supreme pleasure of God alone. See, here's the thing. Uh, most of us in here are, are living for the supreme pleasure of fill in the blank, right? The supreme pleasures of more money. The supreme pleasures of more sex, the supreme pleasures of more notoriety. Uh, Those are the things that culture continually gives to us and tries to sell us on, uh, all the while ignoring that all of those pleasures are temporary and the real supreme pleasure in the universe is being known and loved by God. There are superior pleasures in the world and they are being known and loved by God, putting trust in Him. So we do it in secret. And so Jesus says, why don't you do this? Just go into your room alone. That's what he says in his prayer. And then specifically in the Lord's Prayer, he says, pray like this. One of the things we should ask for is daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. This day our daily bread. When Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, that's a prayer about provision, right? That's a provision prayer. It's about being fed. And it's about being cared for. It's about being covered. And the first thing I would like to say this morning to you when it comes to this little section of the prayer is this that it's totally okay to ask for provision. Some of us, some of us have these super religious twitches that say, you know what, I don't I don't pray for money. I, I don't I don't pray for I don't pray for assistance. I don't I don't pray for that kind of blessing. That would be improper. And and, and here's the thing. That's, that's crazy. (laughs) That's totally crazy. It's totally legal. It's not just legal. It's good and right. It's not just good and right. It's the thing you should do every single day. You should ask the Lord for daily bread, daily bread. You should ask the Lord for provision. It's more than okay to ask. It's good. In fact, God wants us to ask him. And the reason that he wants us to ask him is very simple. It's because he cares. If Jesus is telling disciples to pray this way, it's because God actually cares for us in this way. And so prayer is not just a way of expressing our own hearts and needs to God, but it's actually a way to enter into the very heart of God, which is generosity. I want us to think about this for a second. Because I don't know if we just caught what I said. We pray for daily bread, and we do so because it's not just a way for us to express our hearts to God. See, one of the things that we think about prayer is that we think it's about God getting to know us. Right? And there's some truth to that. But the prayer, give me today my daily bread, God. That prayer is really about us entering into his heart. Because Jesus wouldn't tell us to pray it if God wasn't interested in it. And after we, as we begin to pray, give us today our daily bread. One of the things we will begin to discover, and this may take a lifetime, but years and years and years. But one of the things we begin to discover is that God is interested in how we are cared for and provided for. God is generous. God is interested. God is a player in that. And and I need to know that. Sometimes we think that God is the great withholder. He is not the great withholder. God is not just interested in the world not going to hell. He is also interested in the daily needs that all of his children share. Which brings up one of the great mysteries of prayer. can't talk about prayer without talking about mystery. Why would God want us to pray anyway? Why would God want us to ask and to come to him and inquire about things like bread and provision and daily needs if it were already in his heart to provide it anyway? Well, I'd like to say this. There's more to prayer than we can get to especially on the mystery side, but I just want to offer up a couple things. The first thing I want to offer up is this, is that prayer is a kind of awakening. Prayer is a kind of waking up. And and this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, as a model, it's a daily rhythm that's an alarm clock for our soul. So Jesus gives the disciples this prayer, and the implication is that they would pray it every day. And the reason that he would offer this kind of prayer and the reason that he would give it to them in this fashion is because prayer is a a kind of waking up. And it is, if you would like to say it this way, it's an alarm clock to the soul. And this kind of prayer, especially around the verse that we're talking about today, it is an opportunity to have our inner person... Awaken to the fact that God loves me, cares about me, wants to provide for me. Yea, is already providing for me, has always provided for me. Right? How many of us have just experienced the provision of the Lord? You know? The truth is, every person in here has. You may or may not be awake to it. And one of the ways we become awake to it is by praying this stuff. God has so cared for you your entire life. Even on your worst day, in your leanest time, God was caring for you. E- even, when, even when there was very little money left, even when there was very little food in the cabinet, uh, God was not surprised and He was caring for you. He was moving all the resources and all the kindness of heaven toward you. He was caring for you. Oh, my goodness. Some of us have like Christian parents and Christian grandparents and families of faith and a house over your head and more clothes than you can wear. I mean, are you kidding me? God has been so kind. He has been so kind. He has provided. Uh, we get to breathe. We get to breathe in just the, the breath of air every single day. We're still awake. We're all here. Like we're here. If we're here, this is true. He's provided for us. And so every single time we pray our Father, we wake up once more to God. Every single time we pray our Father, the point is to wake up. Oh yeah, I do have a God. I do have a Father. And every time we pray for the kingdom to come and God's will be done, we become awake to His kingdom a little bit more. And we become awake to His desire to rule and reign. And we become awake in our hearts... To the things that God wants to do in the wider world. Why do we pray these things? So we could wake up to the things that God wants to do in the wider world. But it has to happen in here first. If I'm not convinced, I can't be a compelling example to the world. And so every time we pray, we just wake up a little bit more. And so praying for provision, when we pray for daily bread, we're waking up to the reality that God is providing, that he has cared, and that he has moved on our behalf. And if he has done it in the past, guess what he'll do in the future? He will do it again. He will do it again. Even when things are really thin and even when there's more month than there is money, we can pray for provision. We can pray for fresh bread. Awake to the fact that he has provided before and he will do so again. Some of you are smart in the room. And you you believe what I just said, but you've already asked the question in your hearts and minds, well if that's true, what about the hungry? And, and when I say hungry, I mean like the really hungry. What about refugees? I, I, can't, I can't think about these sorts of things or talk about these sorts of things without going there, right? And the fact that some of us in the room didn't go there shows you just how darn blessed we are. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, the poorest person in America is one of the richest people in the world. <laughs> but what about the hungry, like the really hungry? What about refugees? What are they supposed to wake up to, Pastor Adam? Well, first off, first off, here's, here's what they have the opportunity to wake up to. The fact that they have a God, that they have a Father who wants to provide for them. Regardless of what the circumstances are, even, even in really, really difficult times, like believers in Syria, who, by the way, believers in Syria are praying this prayer. You know? I mean, let's just be honest here. They're praying this prayer with a different kind of intensity than maybe we are. But they are praying this prayer. And, the, and when they pray this prayer, God is saying to them, you can wake up to the fact that my heart is for you. Do not look at these circumstances right here as the, as the be-all, end-all. These are not the ultimate realities. The ultimate reality is that, that there is a God who wants to provide for them. They are waking up to the fact that there is a God who hears their cry. They are waking up to the fact that there is a God who takes no pleasure in poverty or the marginalization of the powerless. Uh, he does not turn his eye. That's what Exodus is all about. I have heard my people, and he sends Moses. And then you might be thinking, okay, that sounds really nice, but really, really, what about the really hungry? Well, this, well, this kind of a prayer is a prayer to uh, our Father, right? Is not that how it starts? Our Father. So, if it's a prayer for our Father, the implication is that we're all supposed to be praying this. And if we're all awake, and if we're all well-fed here, God will wake us up to those who are suffering. That's just part of the implication of the Lord's Prayer. And this is one of the reasons why we need prescribed, scripted prayers in our lives especially this prayer. We need this prayer. Some of us some of us have uh, have idolized the spontaneous over the written and the scripted and we actually need to reabsorb some of the written, written and scripted back into our lives. We've become too charismatic in our love for the spontaneous. And we need to realize that to get up every single morning and pray this singular prayer. uh, When we say the words, our father, we are talking about not only what God has done for us, but we are instantly connecting ourselves to people in places not unlike Syria who are not well fed. So prayer is waking up, but then it also moves, moves us to see things that are wider uh, maybe things are a little bit outside of our typical vision. God will wake us up to human suffering. Uh, this isn't just some little sweet grandmotherly prayer. See, we can't pray our father and then never think about Syria. We can't pray our father and never think about Afghanistan. We can't pray our father and never think about Iraq. That, that's, that, is, that is so un it's our father and when we pray for daily bread we might not be asking just for ourselves this is part of what god is saying like you you we we if if it's our father the prayer is bathed in plurality you you can't we we want to individualize everything in america and and god is almost never individualizing anything you can't pray our father and think it's just my mortgage that needs paid like he cares about your mortgage, but it is our father i i mean i'm i don't want i'm not I'm not mad, but I am serious <laughs> Prayer is also waking up, but in addition to waking up, it's also Moving things from the unseen realm into the seen. But but here's what I need you to know about moving things from the unseen realm into the seen. So, like, Charismatics love talking about moving things. I'm, I'm moving in the heavenlies. Great. You know? Great. The first step to moving... And I believe in all that, by the way. But, but sometimes we just get stuck up here in a language that actually has no effect down here. And I'm like, like who cares? Like I don't care what you've seen up here unless you get it down here. You know? But... But prayer is waking up, but but prayer is also moving things from the unseen realm into the seen. And by the way, this is why secrecy is so important. We begin in the unseen, we we posture in the unseen. That's where faith is. But the first step to moving things from the unseen realm into the seen is to wake up. Like if you're blind, if you're still asleep, what can you move? The first step is waking up. And so when we are awake, we can cooperate with with what God is always doing. And what is God always doing? Caring, feeding, providing, blessing. According to Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, God is always caring, feeding, providing, and blessing. Otherwise, he would not have us pray this prayer. And the first step of beginning to move God's daily provision from the unseen into the seen is for you and I to wake up. So, you can't be a prayer person and not be a justice person. And you can't be a justice person who only wants justice for your family or your life. You know, the, the ways that you've been ill treated or, or the ways that, that, you know, you know, you're on the wrong foot anytime you over individualize what Jesus has made permanently plural. That's what, that's, that is like, it's okay. We missed it somewhere. We missed it. I don't think I can. <laughs> that's it. You cannot overly individualize what Jesus has made permanently plural. That's, that's not even in my notes. That's the Holy Ghost. Yeah, this, that's the point. Like, what about, what about people who are really hungry? Well, here's what heaven is saying. What about it? What about it? You can't be a prayer person and not be a justice person. I'd also like you to notice that this is a prayer for daily bread. Not five lifetimes of bread. Not even next week's bread. Just today's. There's a sense in which you and I would much prefer to get the Walmart load up front. From one prayer. That will almost never happen. And by the way, if it does, it'll probably just ruin you. That's why God wants you to pray for daily bread. It, how many of you understand that bread spoils quickly? Right? Like, what if, what if from some, by some, some strange mechanism, God gave you a lifetime of bread from one prayer? How long would the lifetime of bread actually last? Some of us are thinking, well, it lasts a long time because it's God's bread. (laughs) That isn't how manna worked, right? No, it was just every day. And what what did God tell the Israelites to do? Well, just go out and gather what you need for that day. And if you keep anything extra, what happened to it? Spoiled. Yeah. Bread spoils quickly. You can't hoard it. See, the reason God wants us to pray for daily bread is He doesn't want to ruin us by empowering our tendency to become hoarders and super selfish. That's one reason. You can't hoard it. It will mold quicker than we can eat it. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but one of the things I've noticed is that the only thing that molds quicker than bread is my own heart. There's no question that God's kingdom is about abundance. And there's no question that God's kingdom has an element of excess to it. But there's also no question that abundance and excess can often stretch us more than leaner times. How many people loved Him when they were struggling and then forgot him when they flourished. By the way, that's what people do. They forget Jesus. That's why Jesus says during communion, remember me. Why? Because you, you freaking forget him. That's why. How many, people, how many people loved him when they were struggling and, and forgot him when they flourished? How many people loved God when they needed him but moved on when they became full and fat? Yeah. Now, Listen. Don't don't get me wrong here. Pastor Adam is not spiritualizing poverty. That's dumb. But there is something about excess and there is something about crazy blessing that will often cause people to fall back asleep. See, prayer for daily bread is about staying awake. It's it's daily faith. It's it's walking with God. Uh and and it's walking with God in a way that's that's yeah, just step by step. It's it's day by day. We pray and we just keep on praying. We believe and we just keep on believing. You know, one of the real tragedies in life is is the is the slip towards self reliance and arrogance, and and that's what that's what that's what excess usually brings about. Uh, let's just be honest here for a second. Let's just talk about Christians. We won't even talk about the rest of the world. We'll just talk about Christians, right? Uh, have you ever been around like a really powerful like uh, leader of a ministry who's who's Church or ministry got super blessed, like super, super blessed, tons of people, tons of money, tons of everything. How how many of you have ever met that person only to be completely surprised and disappointed that they were an arrogant jerk? It happens so often. May have even happened to me. I don't know. I don't want it to, though. It's about staying awake. Many of you here know Ann Tucker. If you don't, you should. That woman can that woman can make you some fried chicken. Here's what Ann Ann says. You might want to write this one down. Enough is all you need. That's all you need. We're fixated on more 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 but it, At the end of the day, enough is all you need. See, I know that the American dream is to be richer than Bill Gates and more famous than Taylor Swift. (laughs) But Jesus' disciples are those who have learned the secret of contentment. And this is a little scripture that I can't get away from. It torments me. Paul says that he could be happy whether he had a little or a lot. Contentment. Now, let me just say this as well. Ambition and success, they're fine. They're totally fine. Unless, unless they become drugs that put us to sleep. And I want to tell you something about ambition and success. They're mostly drugs that anesthetize the heart. It's fine unless they put you to sleep. Because once we're under the influence of those substances, ambition will enter the room with a scalpel and remove your heart. That's why Jesus says pray for daily bread. The tendency to want more, more, more. The tendency to hoard, the tendency to collect, the tendency to move outward and onward with greater demonstrations of ambition towards some other picture of success that Jesus never paints, by the way. You know, sometimes we go, well, you know, we got to do this. And it's like, it's not in the Gospels anywhere. Like I've read that darn book over and over and I just can't find it, you know. Ambition and success are fine right up into the moment that they put you to sleep. And ambition comes in and he takes out his sky- scalpel and he removes your heart for God. I just want to say this again. Enough is all you need. Now I want to tor- turn a corner here for just a bit. Um, there's no question that this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, that it is about real provision. It's about food and care. It's about having our needs met and that God wants to do it. But Jesus, Jesus also talks about bread in another way. Some of you remember this. In his temptation by the devil, Satan tried to get Jesus to turn the rocks into what? Into bread. And what does Jesus say to the devil? Man can't live by bread alone, <laughs> but by every word that comes from who? From God. Man can't live by bread alone, but by the words that proceed from the mouth of God. And then in John chapter 6, Jesus says that he is the bread that has come down from heaven. It's one of my favorite things that Jesus said. I think that this little prayer, this little, this asking of God, give us this day our daily bread. I think this is two things for every disciple. I think it is asking God to meet our needs. Our actual needs, not our fake needs, our actual ones. Roof over our head. Clothes on our back. Food at our table. I I think those are things that God cares about and we should ask for them. But I also think that God wants to provide for us. And I think he wants to provide for us with his word. Jesus is the bread that came down from heaven. I think that God wants to give us the bread of presence. And I think that God wants to give us daily provision of his word. He wants us to pray for it. He wants us to ask for it and he wants us to live awake but he also wants us to pray for the bread of his word because the bread of his word and the bread of his presence causes our souls to flourish how how tragic would it be for all of our needs to be met but our souls to be starving how tragic would it be for our bellies to be full but our souls to be starving we need daily bread we need we need we need a word today we need presence for today but 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 we gotta, we got we to gotta, we gotta be awakened alive to that. We need a fresh word from the very mouth of God. And by the way, I just want to emphasize this again. If he's asking us to pray for it, it's because he wants to give it. He wants to speak it. He's awakening us to his voice, to his word, to his presence, to his leading. And how does he do that? Well, he does it in the scripture and in prayer and with other people. This is the reason, this is the reason that reading our Bibles is such a big deal, church. Such a big deal. Like, Christians read their Bibles. They just, that's one of the things we do. Because we want, we want to feast on His daily bread. And not just some sermon I gave you. You know? We want to feast on daily bread and not just some dumb pastor book somewhere. I, I, I believe in dumb pastor books. But what I really, really believe in is this little guy right here. And I believe in the bread of presence. And I believe in asking for it every single day. I believe in opening this darn thing up and finding a spot. I even believe in Bible roulette, where you don't even know what you're going to do. You just, you just open it up and you point at your finger. And I even believe in that. Let's, you know, we need the bread that has come down from heaven. And by the way, I want to say this about daily bread as well daily bread is usually not spectacular, bread itself is not spectacular. Most of us are looking around for the feast of the spectacular and God is often giving daily bread. It's usual. But these are the words and this is the presence that sustains us between the spectacular feasts. This week I was at a, like I told you, a really big meeting. And at one one moment... I had a spectacular feast. A spectacular feast of God's presence and His word to me. John and Eleanor Mumford laid their hands on me. And they prophesied to me things that no one knows. And it was awesome. But you know what gets you by? This little guy. Because you know who's not around all the time? John and Ellie. John Wimber's dead and John and Ellie Mumford live in England. But the bread of presence is right here among us every single day. Every single day. Uh, here's the other thing. And some of you, some of you think that, that you know what you need is a word from Pastor Adam or from Stephen or from Justin or from Ray and Candy or from Jim and Pat. I'm here to tell you, Jim and Pat, Ray and Candy, Pastor Adam, Justin, and Stephen are all going to die or we're going to travel or we're going to go on vacation. But there is a bread of presence that will be with you every moment of every day of every life. There's a Bible we can always open and it's here for feasting and it's daily and it's oftentimes not spectacular, but it will keep you alive. And if God is asking you to ask for it, it's because he wants to give it. He wants to give it. And so when we pray, and when we make our request, we ask for bread, but we also stop and we get really quiet just to listen to the fresh word. That's, That's what prayer is. It's not just so much what we say. It's mostly about what we don't say. We listen. We read our Bibles and we pull our chair up to the table, but before we close the cover before you ever close the cover on this darn book, you wait and you listen for at least a second. We need heavenly food. We need heavenly shelter. And we need heavenly provision we don't outgrow it we never become too sophisticated we just keep asking over and over and over and over oh my gosh do you guys remember when you first became a christian you you'd you'd read this thing you're like and you'd pray right and god would talk to you I remember the first time I read the Sermon on the Mount. I like called, I like called three people. I'm like, can you believe this stuff Jesus says? I was like so excited about it, and they're like, "Uh, yeah, we've read it. I'm like, no, you have not read it. Like, Jesus says that you know you probably shouldn't tell everybody else what's up. That's probably just like a plank in your eye. Can you believe? You know, I I distinctly remember having that conversation with people yeah we need we need heavenly bread we need the bread that has come down from heaven we need we need we need the bread of presence and it's got to be daily that's how you stay alive you know one of the things i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to seeing some of you guys like in 40 or 50 years still knowing and loving jesus like anybody can love jesus for a year anybody can get saved for a month anybody can come to a sermon and get a little Get a little Holy Ghost. I mean, come on. I, I wanna I wanna know if you can run the marathon. I want to know if we can run the race, my friends. And be faithful the whole time. God never, ever, 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 ever. Ever. Judges or looks for people or looks at people with the glasses of American success. He is always looking for simple obedience and faith. And to do that, we have to we got to eat the right things, man. We got to we got to be with the right people. We got to be with the right person. We got to get next to the bread of heaven. We got to we got to eat some of that because it's going to keep you going for the long haul race. It's it's got faithfulness built into it. Daily bread, daily bread, every single day I'm asking for bread, every single day. So the question is this, who in the room needs some provision? Like actual provision, shelter, food, house, like I need God to help me. I, I do, I, my hand is up, right? And then who needs the bread of his word and the bread of his presence? Yeah, okay, it'd be good for us to ask, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be great. If you're on the ministry team this morning, come on up. And we're going to ask for some of those things. Hmm. And before we just transition this meeting, I I do want to take just one moment here because i need to acknowledge one thing that none of this stuff works if if you if you don't know jesus and you've never put any trust in him and so i just want to hold the door open here uh, is anybody in this room uh, need to put trust in jesus for the very first time like maybe you've never put trust in jesus and you and you just even while we've been talking you're like man i need to follow jesus if there's anybody here who needs to do that would you stand up like is there anybody here I kind of know everybody here, but just in case, does anybody here need to put trust in Jesus for the, like you've never done that, you've never been baptized, you've never followed Him, and you need to. And here's why standing up is so important because it's it's really important to connect our bodies to the things that are happening in our hearts. Or uh, otherwise, otherwise we go, oh, I you know I don't know if I've put trust in Jesus or not. I don't know if I've put faith in God or not. Like my, maybe that was just a mind trick that I played on myself. So it's important to stand up. If, if there's anybody here, would you just stand up right now? We want to celebrate with you. And all right, good enough. Then why doesn't everybody just stand up? I want to pray for you. And after I pray this morning, if if there's a person. Uh, in this room and you need provision like if you're struggling with actual provision and you need God to give you daily bread would you just come up and let Ray and Candy pray for you and if there's others in the room this morning and you need a word of God you need uh, you need you need the bread of presence would you just come up and let Matt and Samuel pray for you is that all right? yeah let's just do this let's put our hands out here God we just acknowledge that all of us need this stuff but some of us are in a real pinch right now and God, we ask that uh, this morning that, uh, that the, the disciples' prayer, give us this day our daily bread, that this would be awake and alive in our hearts. God, we ask that you would stir us. God, we ask that you would give us confidence to ask you for the things that we actually need. And God, we ask that you would give us the, the faith the faith to walk with you through the daily processes of that. God, we just acknowledge uh, this morning that we do, in fact, need your help to put food on our tables and shelter over our heads and clothes on our back. And God, we we acknowledge to you this morning that we also need the bread of your presence, the bread of your word. God, we, we just declare into the atmosphere the words of Jesus that man does not live on bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So would you speak to us? And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus, who is the very bread that has come down from heaven. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you need ministry this morning, do not be shy. You get bold. You just come right up here. We got some people who want to pray for you. Happy Sunday. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast at the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening here at The Vineyard, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Until next time, peace to you.